He is no stranger to the airwaves here at WKYT. Trooper Robert Purdy is the public affairs officer out of Post 7 in Madison County. Not only does he serve and protect, he has made it his mission to inspire us all by using social media to connect with the community as a way to keep us safe, but also to know that someone like him cares. From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpott. I want to welcome Trooper Purdy into Uniquely Kentucky. Hopefully, you won't have to meet him in his official capacity of the law, but rather do get to interact with him out in the community or by way of his very active social media post. Trooper Purdy, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You have such um, an interesting job because, you know, you do what you do. You serve our community and you do it so well, but you also bring a real fun side to what you do. And I think that's what I appreciate about you so much. Over the years, you've really taken to social media and really tried to go kind of outside of your badge, if you will, and really relate to the community. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I got into law enforcement 13 years ago, and I got into law enforcement to help people. Um, You know, typically what we see, that's why people join join any law enforcement agency. They they really have a service-oriented heart. And about six years ago, my post commander came to me and said, hey, I want you to take over. I want you to start doing public affairs. And I said, there's no way. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I mean, what a lot of people don't know is I'm I'm shy. I'm socially awkward. I'm an introvert. Um, And so it has been great, I think, just as a way to to personally grow and change. And then it's been wonderful just to be able to get get to meet all the great people. I mean, in law enforcement, typically we work with they say 2% of the population 98% of the time, uh, investigating crimes, things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I get to meet so many other people that are out there that otherwise wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to, to meet a police officer in a positive experience. And so it's, uh, it's been great for me. We'll talk about some of your antics, if you will, on social media, but let's go back to the beginning. Um, I read that being an officer, being in public service was sort of a childhood dream for you. Yeah, whenever I was about five years old, uh, so I'll even back up before that. Uh, May the 10th of 2000, or 1975, my grandfather, uh, who I never had an opportunity to meet, died in line of duty with the Oregon State Police. Uh, He was looking for a, a missing Boy Scout on the on the Oregon coast and during the search and rescue um, attempts a, a wave washed him out to sea um, and so I, I grew up understanding that you know law enforcement officers I guess have a different life uh, it was my mom's dad um, is who passed away and and so I, I whenever I was five they they named an award after him the Harold Arberg life-saving award and it's an award that's given to Troopers in the Oregon State Police that uh, go above and beyond to save somebody's life, and and so once I remember standing on the on the steps of of I guess the state capitol and, and receiving that thought, man, someday when I grow up, this is what I want to do. Uh, fast forward, I, I guess that I kind of you know lived the rest of my childhood and life uh, with that goal in mind. Uh, whenever I was going to school, uh, I'm not originally from Kentucky, uh, which a lot of people think I am, but I, w- I went to Murray State University. And while I was going to school there, uh, getting ready to graduate, Oregon State Police, they weren't hiring, uh, and Kentucky was. I did an internship with the state police, and I loved it. Uh, I wanted to work for a full-service agency, not just um, highway patrol or, or tra- chasing traffic or taillights. 
Um, so I, I got hired, and uh, and they sent me to Richmond after the academy. So yeah, it's been a it's been a childhood dream, and and dreams do come true. And um, I, I don't know. Monday is probably the best day of the week because uh, I get to put back on my uniform and go to work. For a guy that's not from here, you wouldn't know that because you really you have like the zest for life in Kentucky and for the people here. It seems so you have claimed it well as your own for not being from here originally. Yeah, you know, people have have, have welcomed me with open arms. I, you know, it's not really anything that I've done. Uh, the community is, has embraced, uh, I guess, me and my family. I've got two little girls now, uh, married, and, and we live in Richmond. And the city of Richmond has been. Uh, incredible. There's been some things that, that I've been able to see about, you know, what makes Richmond great, and, and maybe we can talk about a little bit of that later. What's it like for you? Because you said the best day is Monday when you put on that uniform. And I think, unfortunately, in, in my world and in TV, we only see when officers show up to a crime scene or something bad has happened. But really, you are there in so many other capacities. So what's it like when you put on that uniform? And I know it means so much to each and every one of you when you do. Yeah, I think that personally, every day that I have the opportunity to positively impact a person, positively impact a life, um, at the end of the day, if I can look back and say, I did that, um, that's a great day. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know how many lives I've had the opportunity to, to impact. I, I talk to people um, constantly, maybe somebody that I arrested uh, 5, 10, 12 years ago that comes up and, and tells me about their sobriety and getting clean and getting their children back and being able to have a job and now they're a business owner. And, and the list could go on and on. And so I, I gather and, and I, I guess I have a lot of hope for people out of stories like that. And so, you know, a lot of times people see law enforcement officers and, and think, hey, they are just out to get us. Um, but we have a job to do. We have laws to enforce. And at the end of the day, man, I, I wish we didn't have to do those kind of things. Uh, but getting to see people that, that I guess, for lack of better terms, uh, you know, get their stuff together, uh, turn their life around. Um, it really is an incredibly motivating. Something that is really important to you is education. I mean, you spend a great deal of your time educating the community, whether it be adults, it be children. You know, I sat in with you when you're talking to kids about the drug epidemic and, and really just trying to hammer home that message. Why is that important that you're out doing that as well? Um, you know, the, I think that we want to encourage people to, uh, my big thing is make good choices. Um, and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be uh, talking to a, a, a parent or, or anybody and just say, hey, you know, whenever you get in your car, you know, buckle up. And here are some of the things that, that we end up seeing and driving safe. And then whenever we talk to children, um, maybe trying to help them avoid certain pitfalls that I've seen other people fall into. I mean, you mentioned the, the, the drug prevention and drug education. Uh, most of the time, whenever I sit down and talk to individuals who have a substance abuse addiction, and I say, well, how did you start? Uh, and, and typically, that's my question. It's not, hey, where did you get your dope? I go, hey, what's your story, and how did you start? And oftentimes, they tell me that their addiction started in elementary school. It started with alcohol, with stealing beers out of their dad's fridge. Uh, in middle school, it was alcohol and nicotine and marijuana. Um, hanging out with the wrong crowds. And so there's a lot of things that we can talk about and address to hopefully keep anybody from walking down that path. And, and in fact, at the end of the day, if I can keep help keep one person uh, from walking down that path, maybe by just simply thinking about their actions, uh, maybe choosing friends that aren't necessarily involved in certain kind of behaviors, because we all become 
realistically who our friends are. Uh, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And so if I can just kind of relay a positive message in hopes of keeping people from walking down the path that I've seen far too many uh, people that have walked down the path and, and they're now in, in horrible situations, um, you know, that's why we do it. Um, and I spend a lot of time in schools because, I mean, realistically, children are our future. Um, we have a lot of children that come from broken families, bad backgrounds. We have children that are being raised uh, in homes where, um, you know, drug addiction is rampant, um, where they are being um, I don't, preyed upon, a number of different kind of things. Um, and, if, and if we can reach those people um, and, and the, the kids, it's, it's, it's worth it at the end of the the end of the day. Do you have one of those moments that really sticks out with you where someone you saw them at their lowest and then you've seen them again in maybe some different capacity you're like wow. Yeah um, I've got a a bunch of those Mm -hmm. stories. Uh, One of those um, there's a a man that I met uh, I I was doing a basically a drug investigation we executed a search warrant uh, kicked the door in went inside and and the people we were there looking for they weren't there but there was this guy standing he poked his head out the at the hallway and we we're like state police get down and basically we ended up arresting him for some uh, narcotics and things like that and you know through the process I you know I understand that people are people uh, you know treat treat others the way that you would like to be treated and uh, so we went through the entire process uh, you know he, he went to jail he was convicted um, and about two or three years later I walked into a local bank and whenever I walked in to go cash a check, this guy was sitting in the chair. And usually, in those kind of situations, I don't, I don't talk to him, I don't dress it, because I don't want it to make it a, an awkward kind of thing. So I got my check done, and I was walking out, and this, this guy stood up, and he walked up to me, and he said, hey, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. He said, I just want to tell you thank you. And I said, what, what do you mean? He said, I've been clean for the last two years. Thank you for the way that you treated me, that you treated me with respect. I recently, I've been able to, to get custody of my daughter back. Um, I'm starting my own business, and, and I've even seen him, you know, doing uh, doing work in Richmond with it with his business. And it's so exciting because a lot of times, if we sweep things under the rug, which which you know oftentimes happen, we don't get people the help that we need. And at the end of the day, that's why we're, that's what we're there for. We're there to to help people, and oftentimes we're there to help people from themselves and save people from themselves. You said that you are, you know, shy and um, a bit awkward, and it, that would be funny if you if people didn't know that about you. Because when I see you on social media and what you've been able to do there and connect with people, you are not shy. You're not an introvert. But let's yeah. talk about that because you've been able to take your position and transfer it to a world where, let's be honest, there can be a lot of negativity, especially towards um, police officers and and just you know anyone in that world in general. And you've really been able to kind of create a space and a fun space to do what you do, but also reach people. Talk to me about how you do that and why that was something that you want to do and who allowed you to do it. Yeah, so so social media, shortly after I, I, I got the community relations or public affairs spot with the Richmond State Police Post, um, statewide they said, hey, we want people to start tweeting. We want you to, to get a Twitter and, and whatnot. And I thought, Twitter, like what? Why in the world are we going to start tweeting? Um, and so I, I kind of changed my name from whatever I had it before to know TPR Purdy or Trooper Purdy and just started putting information out um, and it started catching on and I don't I don't know why um, but I, I try to be myself 
online. Um, I mean, I try to be just a normal, you know, a, approachable person because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, just a normal guy who who wears a uniform, enforces laws, tries to keep other people safe. But we've tried to really put that online and do it in a kind of a fun way. Um, so most of the messages, or just about all the messages we put out there, they're positive. Um, kind of reminds me of a quote like. Uh, you know, it says, if, if you can be anything in this world, be kind. Um, and so I try to take that philosophy and incorporate that into all of my online and social media platforms. And it's grown from just Twitter to now uh, Facebook and Instagram. And it's been a, a challenging at times um, because in law enforcement, oftentimes we're very hesitant to change. And oftentimes there are um, other people in the agency that don't understand social media. Um, and to say, hey, here is what we're doing. Here are some fun videos that we're going to put out that are educational. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's about pushing the the boundaries, not not stepping across the line, but pushing the boundaries, and reaching people in ways that you wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to meet. Um, I've got lots of, I, I guess, online friends and online followers, um, and so we get to reach people that, uh, at the end of the day, wouldn't. I wouldn't have the opportunity to talk to otherwise. I can tell you in the newsroom, we often say, well, Trooper Purdy's done it again. Have you seen this on Twitter? Have you seen <laughs> this on Instagram? So you're very popular with us. Um, do you ever get razzed by the other guys and gals in uniform about, you've done it again, what have yeah, you done I, this time? Th- you know, there, there are certain times that, uh, that you know, they, they question what we're doing. But really, in, in public affairs, we're there, um, you know, to create positive relationships with the public. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I rarely write tickets. I, I mean, I say that I wrote three on my way here today, um, you know, on a car that was driving all over the road, but our goal is to keep her safe. Um, but you know, typically it's, it's very easy. I'll, I'll say this. It's very easy in law enforcement to become very cynical and think that everybody is bad because oftentimes the people you're dealing with are in the worst kind of situations. Um, and where I get to deal with all the positive people, I get to put out messages to the 98% of the people that are that are doing good things, uh, to, to the majority of people that support law enforcement, uh, to the people that want to be educated, uh, informed, know what's going on, and so I get to get to you know utilize some of those for that. Did I read that we share a love of 4-H, that maybe okay. you got your start with rifle in 4-H? Yeah. So that was not me, I was sewing and cooking, okay. but you know, still a love of 4-H and everything that it teaches youngsters yeah um so whenever i i I lived in in tennessee from age 9 to 15 and then my family moved to texas and i hated texas it was it was hot uh it was brown it was dry i think one year we lived there it was like more than 60 days in a row of temperatures over 100 degrees and i i was a, a very overweight kid and it did not go very well for me and um, so we moved there. My mom said, you're going to get involved in something. So I did. I started uh, shooting sports and and did pretty well at it. Um, I, I had uh, scholarship opportunities to, to several colleges, uh, chose Murray State University. But, you know, going through high school, I think that maybe some of the reason why I put a lot of importance on relationships with students is I had a uh, his name is Roy Bolden and I, I had a that was my rifle coach and basically the range was there on his farm and about five days a week I would go over I'd wake him up at two o'clock in the afternoon he worked third shift and he'd get up and he'd make a cup of coffee and and, and stir his sugar in but he invested um, 
so much time uh, into me and, and allowed me to do to go on and do so many other things um, that that I think that hopefully I can pay some of that forward um, and just make an impact on be intentional uh, with other children and other students. Certainly, I think you're making that happen. Is there anything in your world that you know? I think a lot of times in our world, the stories that we see, sometimes things just stick with you and, and their stories and their people that you can't get out of out of your mind when we do what we do. Is there a case or something that sticks with you that you go, gosh, I wish this had been different or I wish I could have done something to make this different, something that just kind of sticks with you? Um, I, there's, there's not necessarily, well, there, there are several. I think that, that we do what we do because of the experiences that we have. Um, if that makes sense. Um, I spent a lot of time on uh, traffic safety, especially with students, because uh, about five days before Christmas, um, eight years ago, I was, I was working, I was traveling south on the interstate in the left lane, and saw a collision that had happened on the, on the northbound shoulder, and went to go slow down, and, and basically, whenever I got stopped, there were uh, human remains spread on the interstate. Um, in a in a twenty year old uh, young lady laying in the interstate deceased and and as I got out, people were yelling where'd that girl go where'd that girl go um, and i'll never forget as I stood there and, and worked the collision um, where this young lady had just passed away, her phone was laying next to her car on the other side of the interstate, and the entire time that her phone rang on the screen, it said one word and it just said "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy over and over. Um, and I think that oftentimes we, we forget that every single life is important. Uh, every single person is someone's son, daughter, mother, father, family member, or best friend, and this world wouldn't be the same without them. Um, and so instances like that, um, being involved in so many horrific um, events, I, I, I always try to, try to remember and keep, keep in mind and, and, and maintain a, a perspective that um, you know, people's decisions do matter, and it, and it matters for that person, but outside of that, it matters to so many other people. Um, a lot of times we hear people say, you know, this, why can't I do that? It only affects me. Um, and I've seen the other side of that, um, and, it, and it doesn't. And so I just want to, you know, remind people, you matter. Um, and this world wouldn't be the same without you. It's a pretty simple message, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's very simple, um, and it's... Uh, yeah, it's heartbreaking to, to see, I guess, why, why I finally got to that point. Yeah. Well, let's take that state trooper hat off because you wear a number of other hats. You are a business owner, small business owner, co-owner of Purdy's Coffee Shop, which now has two locations, yeah. right? And then Purdy's Embroidery Shop over there in Richmond. Um, you know, that's, that's a full-time gig in itself. How does that happen? You know, fortunately, uh, my wife, uh, my mom, uh, my sisters, uh, all of us kind of make it work. Um, it, it, it's been a, it's been a, I, I would say that, that owning a small business, owning a coffee shop where the community comes together has been incredibly good for me. Uh, whenever we opened it, I, I wasn't a public affairs officer. All I got to see was the negative things that happened in town. Um, and, and there I got to see all of the great people and, and to, to see the community come together, uh, to see life happen, uh, get to meet so many people. It's been 
it's been an, an incredible, uh, I mean, it's been a hard journey, uh, but it's been an incredibly re rewarding journey. And you, you know, we're talking about Richmond. Richmond is a really great town. It's a great place to be, and there's so many different things happening over there in terms of Main Street and businesses. It's really cool to see. Yeah, you know, it, it, there's the, the, the city of Richmond really oftentimes comes together. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of the negative things going on like any other community does. Um, you know, we have uh, drugs. The drug epidemic has hit Madison County. We're one of the, the top counties in the state of Kentucky for fatal overdoses. Um, and so there's a lot of negative things. But, but I find that if I look for the good, um, I, I can find it. And, and, and I've been able to do that there. Why was coffee something that you guys wanted to, to jump into? I would say that coffee almost found us. We, my dad, um, he's involved in some real estate, and a building came up for sale. My wife had recently, she worked in the thoroughbred industry, um, and, and so the company that she worked for went out of business, and so we, we didn't know what we were going to do. And so we, we were big into fitness uh, then as well. We we're like, well, maybe we'll put a gym in this downtown building, and we we're like, that's not going to work. Uh, my family had done embroidery for quite a while, and so we thought, well, maybe we'll We'll do that, and then as we talked to people, people said, hey, there's not a, really a local coffee shop here. Why don't you try that? And, and so we did. Before we opened, I, I really had no concept of coffee. Um, I mean, I knew I'd like to drink it. I didn't know why. Um, you know, like go get a mocha places. I, I didn't know all the intricate details of coffee, but, uh, you know, coffee is really, really a cool thing. I mean, you've got a coffee that comes from all over the world that you know is is packed by mule down uh, mountains into a into a distribution facility and packaged and brought here to the U.S. and if any if it gets wet during the process it's completely ruined and and uh, you know has to go to a roaster we found a really great roaster and then um, it, we you can even mess it up all the way to the end right if you don't have your machine set up right it completely changes but so many great conversations uh, start and take place over coffee. Um, and so we kind of just lucked into it. We've learned a lot and it's been it's been so exciting to see the community rally together around us and and uh, yeah you mentioned we just opened the second shop. So I'm I'm glad we finally have that open. It was a a, a several month or six month building process and it's uh, it's been exciting. Here's what I want to know. I know nothing about coffee, but can you make those nice little pictures on the top of your coffee I with can. that little frothy stuff? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So I, I do latte art. I feel like art. you're an expert if you can do that. Yeah, I do latte art, you know, some tulips or rosetta or a number of different kind of things. In fact, I think that uh, Friday night we've, there, there's a, a young lady that's going on a mission trip, um, maybe to Peru, that is doing a fundraiser. So we have a latte art competition. Um, and so, you know, it, we, we get to teach people and talk to people. And, and so a lot of times I make the joke whenever I'm in uniform, I'm an undercover barista uh, because oftentimes people, you know, it, it's not, a, it's not a, anything that anybody would relate to, to being a law enforcement officer. I think officer. the coffee shop and a beauty shop in small towns are where you get all the information and a lot of good conversations happen yeah, for sure. Um, you are an avid runner. You, you talk about fitness is very important to you. You run a lot. Um, I'm a big runner and I know, you know, I see you all the time posting about this race or that race. Um, but I read where running was something you actually hated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think that even even now, I, I don't know that I'd enjoy run, running until I start and get into it and I go, oh, this is this and then is you okay. love it when you finish. Right. Um, no, like, like I grew up, I, I mean, I was a, um, so in high school, I was, I was really overweight. I wasn't in shape. Um, and 
basically started running in college to prepare for the academy. Uh, going through the Kentucky State Police Academy, it's extremely demanding, uh, physically, mentally, everything. And so I got down there and I thought, man, I really hate running now. Because you'd wake up every morning and you had to run. It's not something you got to do. Um, and so fast forward to about uh, five years ago, um, I, I was out of shape again. And I talked to a friend of mine um, who at that point had done nine full Ironmans, um, two or three 100-mile races through the Alps and through the Colorado uh, Rockies, um, and was training to row a rowboat across the Atlantic Ocean. And he was 47 years old. And I thought, you know what? If he can do that, I can do something. And so he, he really motivated me. Um, and so I went home. I said, well, I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. I, you know, I, I figured I wouldn't start you know, anything short. And so I, I started doing some halves in April that year. And since then, it's been, it's been exciting. I've done one full. Um, in fact, I was, I was running a full marathon, and my wife was having contractions at home with our second daughter. And she said, you need to run faster. And I said, I can't. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I can't run in, any faster than what I'm currently doing. And right now, I'm training for a half Ironman and, and just you know, getting out and, and uh, I don't know. I think that there's something about putting one foot in front of another that's almost therapeutic. I think for people like us, um, my mind is always racing. I'm always thinking about what's next, and I know that seems to be kind of the case for you. So it's the one time I think I finally let my mind go for however long the mileage is. I'm not thinking except one foot in front of the other. Yeah, yeah. I put it in that. Honestly, like whenever I run, it's about the only time that I can just sit down and listen to a podcast. Um, and so I do, I, people are like, what kind of music do you listen to when you run? I go, I, I don't. Um, you know, I, I listen to something hopefully motivating and encouraging um, to make me better uh, in all aspects of my life. That's cool. You guys have something coming up. Officer Daniel Ellis 5K, it's April 27th. And that is one of those things. I've seen this happen twice um, from what we do of something so tragic, something so beautiful coming out of it. Um, I've seen it happen with another case and another 5K and then this 5K. And that really brought people together and has raised a ton of money in, in Madison County. Yeah, uh, so Daniel Ellis, he, he was uh, fatally shot uh, in 2015. He died on November the 6th. Um, and so I mentioned earlier, like, seeing the town of Richmond come together. Um, as a result of that, law enforcement was embraced like nothing I'd ever seen uh, in our community. Uh, I'll never forget his, his funeral driving through um, my town of Richmond, um, and seeing everybody, uh, in a, I guess, you know, driving past, you know, our, our local business and everybody hanging out the window with, with, uh, with flags and, and balloons. Um, and so getting to see the community come together then and getting to see them come together every year since um, at the race has really been incredible. Uh, I know that personally 2015 was a really tough year for me. Um, I was actually the, the commander of our honor guard. Uh, in 2015, we lost three troopers uh, that year, and then Daniel Ellis. And so I was involved in the funeral um, with every single one of those, and and it was it was really taxing, um, professionally, personally, spiritually, and and just to just to see everybody uh, come out and just show their appreciation because a lot of times you don't see it. There are people that appreciate law enforcement, but you don't you don't get to hear from them, you don't get to talk to them. Um, and just to see that was was incredibly sad, um, but also incredibly motivating. 
Well, it, it's a beautiful thing, and I'm glad that folks are continuing it. And I know that they were trying to hit a, a huge number of runners, walkers this year, so no doubt that they will either hit that or probably go over. Something else about you we have to talk beekeeping. <laughs> Where in the world does that idea come I, from? You know, I, I don't know. I'm actually, I, whenever I started, I was, I was incredibly afraid of bees. Um, so I, I think that a lot of times my, my life, if I could say anything, is whenever something is put in front of me that I don't want to do, um, and then I finally find a way through it, it's been incredibly rewarding. So public speaking, I, I forget public speaking, and now I do it all the time. Um, you know, talking in front of a camera. I'll never forget my first news interview. I, th- I said, there's no way I'm talking in front of the camera. And then they said, no, you are. You have to. It's kind of um, your job. <laughs> and so then, then, I, then it, that's gone well. Um, but beekeeping, my neighbor, he got bees. And I, and I found myself driving by his house really slow, watching the bees. And I'd go over there and sit and watch the bees come in and out. And, he's, and, and so the more that I got into it, bees are an incredible little creature. Um, I mean, they'll f- fly several miles away to go get food um, and come back. And, and their whole year is spent around getting enough honey to make it through the winter. Um, and so I, I did. I got into beekeeping, got a hive. And, uh, and since then, it's split a couple times. So now I have two. But I've given a lot of bees away. And it's just kind of a, a neat thing just to sit out in the yard and watch them work, just watch them come in and out. Um, it's a lot, a lot less work than a dog, which I appreciate. Um, a little bit more than a goldfish, but yeah, they're, uh, and, and I get some honey out of it. There you go. There's an end result. What at the end of the day motivates you? Um, I just, just, I, I want, I want to be able to help people. Um, I mean, I, I think that it's really simple. I, I don't have any huge goals. Um, every day I have the opportunity to impact somebody's life in a different way. Um, and, and I may never know what impact I had on somebody until, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, or I may never know. Uh, but I want people to know that they're loved, they're appreciated, um, and that somebody does care about them. Last two questions. I always ask folks because I love books so much, and I think books help people in different ways. Are there books that are important to you, something you have either read or are reading that you really kind of go to and say, wow, this was great? Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't have the time to sit down and read a lot, but a couple of them that I've read that really stood out, I think the first book that I ever read and finished was uh, Life is Not a Game of Perfect, uh, which was which was really encouraging and motivating. I, I think everybody is going to make mistakes. Uh, if, you, if you can learn from those mistakes and then help other people, that's a big thing. Um, and then John Eldridge, I really like the book Wild at Heart, um, you know, just talks about, you know, what being a man really is. I think that uh, society is, uh, has a way of um, skewing and changing uh, what, what real manhood is. And it's about putting other people first. It's about helping people, um, making an impact, um, being faithful. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into it. And so that's, that's a book that, that I've read several times and, and really appreciate. You didn't have to make Kentucky home, but you chose to. We're sure glad you did. What makes this place so unique? Um, I, you know, I just probably just the, the people, um, and I, I know that, you know, I've talked a lot about people, but I, you know, people are very friendly, uh, willing to help. Um, a, a couple, a couple of months ago, it's probably been six or seven months now is on my way back from, from Lee County. I've been doing a, an event at a school and, uh, and I pulled up on a, a wreck. Uh, this, this car was off the side of the road and I get out and I, 
I, I made some comment. I said, well, did you take that curve a little too hot? And he said, no, I didn't think so. I said, well, you probably did since you crossed the oncoming lane of traffic and have ended up on this on this wall. And I said, what, what you want me to call your wrecker? He said, I don't have any money for a wrecker. Um, he said, I'm actually on, on my way home. Um, my wife, we were pregnant. Uh, we went to the hospital yesterday. Um, they couldn't find a heartbeat, and we lost our baby. Um, and I'm on my way home to go get some get some clothes for my wife. And, and at that moment, I was I was taken back quite a bit. And I said, Well, we'll we'll try to figure something out. And uh, he said, Maybe if we can find somebody that has a tractor or something close. And I said, Yeah, I'll go I'll go drive up the road. And I thought, Man, there's no way I'm gonna find this. And so I, I drove about a half mile up the road, and I saw this tractor sitting off behind somebody's house and I got out of my car I was in uniform I walked up to the door and I and I knocked and this lady answered and, and I said there's a car that is, is ran off in the ditch and just needs to pull out we were looking for a tractor and before I could get it all out she said hey I've got it you, you can use mine um, and so I, I she didn't know his story um, and so I went back and we got him and and uh, and were able to, to get him out and I thought man that's incredible like there are people in this world there are good people that are willing to help people. Um, and so it's instances like that um, where it's just kindness with no questions asked, uh, I think really does uh, make Kentucky special. There were only more of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. If people want to find you and they want to follow you on social media, how do people find you? Um, so on, on uh, let's see, Facebook, I'm just under Robert Purdy. Um, it's, I tried to keep it simple. Um, and then uh, on, on Twitter, it's at T-P-R-P-U-R-D-Y, or you can just type in Trooper Purdy and I'll pop up. And then on, on Instagram, T-P-R-P-U-R-D-Y. Trooper Robert Purdy of Kentucky State Police, we appreciate you. We appreciate the message that you bring to the world just about people and kindness. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much.